Hello, hello, and welcome to the Holistic Fitness Podcast, where you'll learn how to get your goals without burning out. I'm your host, Lori, and this show isn't just about movement and nutrition. You probably already know that exercise and nutrition is important for your mental and physical health and well-being. It's also about stress management, mindset, shedding those limiting beliefs, and working through some of that childhood trauma. Today, I'm joined by Shannon Rollins. Shannon Rollins is a skilled, certified clinical hypnotherapist based out of Orlando, Florida. She is known as a social anxiety specialist, where she helps business professionals and entrepreneurs overcome their social anxiety and step into being confidently unique in their own skin. I'm really excited to chat about to chat about this with you today, Shannon, because both of us do come from both corporate and fitness worlds or wellness worlds. So I feel like we're going to have a really great conversation. So how are you today? I am doing amazing here in Orlando. Uh, thank you so much for having me. And and how are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, I'm really good. It's great in the Southeast. We're recording on Labor Day. So just, yep. I, but this doesn't feel like work to me. This doesn't feel like everyone's barbecuing right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I live in an apartment building and I can like see people in the pool behind me, but I had my pool day yesterday. So I feel like I might get too tanned if I not too tanned. I might get burnt if I go out again. <laughs> <laughs> but like you just said, you know, us recording this is something that we both love to do. And so this, yeah. I would have no place I'd rather be right now than to having this amazing conversation with you. So thanks so much for having me today. <laughs> yes, I love that. I get asked, like, why do you do the podcast? Like, how much are you earning? And I'm like, I don't care how much I'm earning with the podcast and how much time I'm investing. I just love chatting to people who are smarter than me in their own right, usually. So <laughs> I'm really excited to dive in with you, Shannon. And I'm going to start this mm -hmm. podcast the way I start every podcast. You know, you are in a very specific field. You're helping people with anxiety, you're helping entrepreneurs, usually there's a backstory. Can you give me the context that I would need to know about your life to know why you help people in the way that you do today? Sure. Yeah. So I actually come from a corporate wellness background. When, when I first went into corporate, it was go, 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 earn the money, try to climb the ladder, do all the things that you are quote supposed to be doing to earn a living. And as I went into corporate wellness for a while, what I was noticing as I was, I was putting together fitness programs and then I was leading fitness programs for companies. What I was noticing was people coming to me saying, why can't I stay on this exercise regimen? Why can't I do this? And then they would actually start talking to me about their problems. And I know any personal trainer out there will will say, I'm actually a therapist Yes, because <laughs> you hear everything that and hairdressers as well. Um, and so as I was getting further on in my career, I was starting to notice what is actually going on here. This is more about mental. This is more about psychology. This is not just about the physical body. And when are we going to start treating our body and our mind like the same thing? that mm. they are both succinct. They are both the same thing. And so I was really discovering myself in my career. And then it hit a point where I was starting to have a lot of struggles of my own. I, I had a, a loss in the family. Um, and at, in that process, I was already doing coaching and everything. I actually randomly went to a hypnotherapist because I don't know, it was just something random that I Googled <laughs> mm. <laughs> it fell in my lap. And and I went to um, who's now my mentor and she changed my life. And I was like, wow, we are actually getting to the root cause of things. And I'm not just talking about it. I'm actually yes. solving it on an unconscious level. Um, and, and from there, I went back to school and kind of the rest is history. I use a lot of my skill sets from then into now, but it, it's just really fulfilling what I do. I love it. That's awesome. I love that you like similar to me, but I'm not a hypnotherapist is seeing that body mind kind of connection. And hey, you're not getting yes. your goals because you're lazy. You're not getting your goals because like there's some sort of mental blocker here. Yes. Yeah. And, and the lazy, lazy is such a big word for people. And, and also when it comes to the, the, the word lazy, it's the idea that, well, if I feel like I'm lazy now, I need to prove myself. And mm. that's when we start overworking and lead into that burnout phase as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like from where you started your journey, you, in my perspective on your journey is that you started it from quite an elevated place anyway, like fitness isn't easy for people. So I'm curious as to like, 
why you went into corporate fitness in the first place. Why was that your initial passion? Yeah. So initially, I remember I was 12 years old and my grandmother had a heart attack. And I remember we were in the hospital and we're sitting, my brother and I are sitting on the chair over in the corner and we're just listening. And the doctor comes in and he's telling her, these are the exercises that you need to do, that you have to cough a certain amount of times per day to make sure that there's not buildup in the lungs and the heart, that type of thing. And, and he's just giving her all these protocols and what she's supposed to be doing. And, and I remember in that moment, I was like, doctor, sir, I have a question. Everyone's like, what does this little girl have to say? <laughs> And I said, what happens if the plaque builds up again? Like, what happens if there's another blockage? And he looked at me and he tilted his head and he said, we just, we just do another surgery. And I said, but that doesn't make any sense. Mm. And he's like, but that's just what we do. And I remember from that point forward, I was just, at, I'm always a why person. Why do we do things as I always push back? Why do we do things this way? Yes. Why are we doing things that way? And what is the point in waiting for a problem to happen to solve it? Why can't we just prevent it from happening and solve it? And from there, that's when I started, okay, fitness, nutrition, and really getting into the body side of things. Um, then later came the psychology side of things. That is so cool. I love that even from such a young age, you were asking why, like, yeah. why are we just reacting to a problem? Why can't we prevent the problem from happening in the first place? Exactly. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Shannon, you've used this quote, what we're supposed to be doing two or three times. So can you dive into this kind of <laughs> expectation of what we're supposed to be doing? Oh man, we could be here all day for this one. <laughs> what we're supposed to be doing. That, well, and here's the thing too, with social media, with everything online, it's telling us what we need to do, what we need to do for this, what we need to do for that. And it's really taking away to me our intuitive rights. And when I say intuitive mm. rights, I mean, what does your body feel like it needs right now? And even before we hopped on to this podcast, we were talking about how burnout is such a thing with fitness. Mm -hmm. And when we're younger, we think I have to be in the, in the gym this amount of hours per day. I need to be exercising this amount of time to lose weight. I need to be meditating an hour a day to do this. And what I've noticed with people, especially my clients who come in, is they come in with their, their head hanging down and they say to me, I just can't get my meditation right. I just, mm. I, I don't know why. And it brings an extra layer of anxiety and guilt instead of meeting yourself where you are and saying, what feels good to me rather than going off of, yes, there's parameters. I want to make it clear. There are parameters on things that are healthy to do for your body and your mind, and also not burning yourself out in the process. What feels right for you right now in this moment and then using that as a catalyst to build from mm. rather than judging yourself within the process. No, that makes total sense. I think where I've noticed that this gets tricky though is where what people want to do are actually the things that are going to continuously burn them out. As an example, you've worked a 60 hour week and now you just can't wait to have a bottle of wine and a pizza and that's the way you're going to numb yourself. So how do you as a hypnotherapist, help people discern what their body intuitively wants versus what like someone's maybe wound habit is? That's a really, really great question. When it comes to when it comes to the self-soothing techniques and those types of things, the the mind, especially from an unconscious level of mind, I always say the mind's not trying to make you happy. The mind is not trying to make you healthy. It's literally trying to keep you alive. Mm. It's trying to keep you breathing, sleeping, and eating. And sometimes these urges happen because it's just a safety mechanism. It's just a soothing mechanism, like you had said. And so when it comes to something like this, an anxiety or burnout being a natural response, that is the, the leaning on health education. And okay, I know this also isn't right for me. So from a hypnotherapist standpoint, 
and I'll give a kind of a synopsis of this too, because some of you may be listening and saying, I don't even know what this is. Um, hypnotherapy is, it's just a relaxed brainwave. Um, I help my clients go into an alpha brainwave, which technically is a meditative brainwave. And we're actually doing behavior change and really finding what are those underlying emotional cores? Like you had said, emotional wounds, what are those and how can we work to resolve those? Because if someone comes to me and they say, man, I I'm drinking a bottle of wine every night, then I don't work on the bottle of wine. We're working on what is going on underneath the surface. I call that a symptom. What's going Mm. on underneath that? What's happening here from an emotional, a limiting belief standpoint, which usually do stem from our events in our lives. And so we really work underneath the hood um, to help heal those parts of you, those emotional wounds. So then when you are coming home from a long work day or better yet, you're setting boundaries on how many hours you are working per week. But if you, let's just say you do have a long day and you come home, you're saying, you know what? A really nice walk after dinner sounds great. Like I I had a client the other day tell me, she said, I was driving home. I looked at the sunset and I said, oh my gosh, today would be a great day for a walk. And she was oh my gosh, that just came out of my mouth. This is a great day for a walk. And so I'm, I'm helping people decide what is and when I say truly right for them intuitively right for them is very different than I'm very heightened right now and I'm making a decision based on me being heightened and needs some needing something to soothe from right away right that makes total sense so what you're doing is you're helping people not have the guilt around what they're not doing but also being able to listen to what they no, like from an educational and logical level is best for them, but also like an in- intuitive feeling like Friday evening, afternoon, sunset walk. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And also when it comes, when it comes to the goals that people are setting to, it's also the process of reform reformatting what that goal looks like for them. Because I'm sure that you've worked with people and the goal is very, very big. And that's okay. We tweak it. Yes. No harm, no foul. No big deal. It doesn't mean that you failed. We are really shifting and moving as we go based on what we need. Mm. Losing 40 pounds in four months or getting a promotion, that sounds like a really attractive goal to have. But sometimes it isn't realistic either because the time frame's too quick and you're placing too much expectation on yourself or because the goal requires too much of what other people's actions are rather than your own. So that's just like, I guess, two examples for, from my perspective, but how mm-hmm. do you help people reformat map their goals? Yeah. When it comes to reformatting goals, I honestly, I'll never have someone set a goal until we're doing release work. Okay. So ideally what What we will do is focus on what area of life would you like to focus on? And like I said, I, I work primarily with anxiety, but it is anxiety in a certain areas of life. There's some people who have generalized across the board in every area. There's some who have health anxiety where they're working specifically with, Hey, I was just diagnosed with this particular type of thing. How can I get myself healthier and work through this? Or there's relationship dating anxiety, whatever comes up or just across the board, social anxiety, even having a conversation on a podcast, someone mm-hmm. having anxiety over that. And so when it comes to setting a goal, what we would first start by doing is focusing on what is the, and I, I'm sorry, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just going to call it baggage. Mm-hmm. What baggage are we carrying that yes. we've been carrying a very long time? I mean, I've had clients come to me and weight loss wasn't even their primary goal. And we were able to release some trauma or some baggage that they've had. And then they've lost a ton of weight. Mm. And and so it's that that question of what were you holding on to in that moment? Everyone's bodies are completely different. That's not everyone's story, but I have seen that happen sometimes. And And so we first start that process in... What is holding you back from having this? And we do the release work around that. What are those beliefs? Sometimes the belief itself and the past failures of let's just use your weight loss example. How many times have, I mean, I've been there. I don't know if you've been there, but how many times have people tried to, oh, I'm, 
I'm falling back again. I'm falling back again. I'm yo-yoing again. And then all of those events are actually stacking on each other, which is creating disbelief in that person. And the next time that they try to set a goal, we've got to clear all that crap away. Yes. That that is, so all this shit stacks on top of each other to you, where you get to the point where you're looking back and you already feel like a failure Mm. that that's something that we would want to look at. And then when it comes to setting that goal, that specific goal, after all of that is, is washed away, we look at what is right for you. What is your actual goal now? And what's interesting, Lori, is that sometimes when we work through this process, the person's goal changes. Sometimes people are like, you know what, this actually isn't my primary focus right now. Right now, I need to focus on stress relief. Mm. Right now, I need to focus on setting some boundaries with my boss because they're not even giving me time that I can exercise every day. Mm. That makes total sense. You're really getting to the root root cause of it. And I resonate with so much of what you've said. And I know as a fitness trainer, I always found it wild where my client would break up with the unaligned relationship or move on from the unaligned job. And then the weight just falls off. And I'm like, because in my mind, I'm like, let's build muscle because muscle increases your basal metabolic rate. We're going to burn more calories at rest eating. And, and it's wild how much like and, and of course, like stress does change your metabolism. So from a scientific, mm-hmm. scientific standpoint, it makes sense. But you are so right in terms of my observations in corporate America and corporate Australia and New Zealand. Um, and in the fitness world of like how stress literally makes you hold on to baggage, whether that baggage is emotional or physical. It's, it's wild. It It is wild. It really is. I mean, I'm, and I've had some people email me sometimes and they, <laughs> some people get upset with me because I'm, I really push the boundaries thing. You're, you're going to hear me yeah. talk about boundaries a lot, but I, I really do push that because sometimes the answer can be very practical. Mm, sometimes yeah, the answer is just, Hey, your, your body is telling you to leave this relationship. That's you're sure. not listening. And our body speaks to us through our subconscious mind. It does. It's that the anxiety can even sometimes be a something is not right here. You have to make a change. And until that happens, sometimes it's that. And it's a process. But when it happens, like you said, it's just bam. It just happens out of nowhere where they feel so much better about themselves. Yeah, life becomes so much lighter. How do you help people when they feel stuck? stuck in their jobs, stuck in their relationship because of stability and security? Oh man, that's a good one. Yeah. The stability and security is, is huge for people because a a top human need is we have to feel certain. We have to feel certain we're going to have a roof over our head. We're going to have someone to love on and, and all those great things. And so there are other resources that I'll bring in. If someone is feeling that they lack the resources, I remind them that you always have the resources at your fingertips Mm. because when we feel stuck and we've all been there, it's like a cloud is around us and we actually can't see outside of that cloud. And so something simple, like, have you thought to look on YouTube, just like quick YouTube video search of how to do X, Y, Z thing. And they're like, wow, I haven't thought to do. And there's been times when I've done that too, where I'm like, wait a minute, I have resources at my fingertips. Yes. And we're in a day and age where we almost like demonize either social media or, or just technology in general. But there is such a plethora of knowledge out there that we can use to help us get to that point. So when it comes to stuff like this, someone who's stuck, I use a hip, I call it hypno coaching type of approach where we're working a lot on confidence. Okay. Over releasing any limiting beliefs that are keeping them from even reaching out to the resources and, and really strengthening the confidence that I can do this on my own. I don't need X, Y, Z thing or this or that. And, and what, what's right for me in that moment. Wow. That's a really great perspective. Um, what's getting in the way of helping people even reach out to resources? Because in my mind, you can Google anything. Like in my mind, the way I started a podcast was by Googling. The re- the way I first negotiated a salary was Googling. The way I first got into fitness was Googling. And, you know, I grew up in a low income 
household. So I don't come from a place of privilege, but I got myself out by Googling and I never thought that. And, and I have my own limiting beliefs, obviously, but I never thought that just even the act of Googling is an act of self-confidence. Are you tired of constantly feeling burnt out while trying to achieve your goals? Do you find yourself struggling to maintain motivation and productivity over long periods of time? I'd like to introduce you to the Goal Getting Journal, the ultimate solution for those of you who want to surpass their goals without burning out. Our journal is designed to help you set achievable goals, track your progress, and maintain a healthy work-life balance. With our journal, you'll discover practical strategies for managing stress, staying motivated and avoiding burnout, including time blocking, habit stacking, and so much more. You'll also learn how to prioritize your tasks and maximize your productivity so you can get more done in less time. The Goal Getting Journal is perfect for anyone who wants to achieve their goals without sacrificing their mental health and well-being. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a student, or just someone who wants to make any positive change in your life, the Goal Getting Journal can help you stay on track and avoid burnout. And for Holistic Fitness Podcast listeners, you can get 20% off your first journal using the code HFPODCAST. Go to goalgettingjournal.com and type HFPODCAST at checkout to get your discount. So what are you waiting for? Order the Goal Getting Journal today and start getting your goals without burning out. Yes, yes. And if it's not happening, I always ask what's preventing you from doing this. And, and, and sometimes it's, I mean, there's a couple different ways that, that it can happen, but sometimes it's just that people are gaining perspective or knowledge, or they're getting something from their problem. Yeah. What are you gaining from having this problem? And I've, I mean, I've, I've been stuck in my story in the past. I love, mm. you know, being, I call it a victim, you know, that we yeah. all, we all experience the victim thing every now and then, like, let me cry in the corner for a second. I'll be okay. I'll stand up. But as long as we don't stay there, you're processing yeah. emotion, but you're not staying there because if something's preventing you from doing something, then there's a limiting belief and or you're you're gaining something from having this issue yeah and so then we work to remove that so go ahead no no I love what you're saying that that some people are so attached to being a victim or so attached to having a problem because that's the way we like there's so many different reasons but the thing that's coming to my mind is like you receive attention that way and you receive love and if I've got it all together am I going to receive the same love and you know maybe you won't <laughs> and, and that's scary it's that fear of the unknown of you know if I lose uh, all the weight or if I get this promotion how are people going to treat me differently and um, people are scared of success sometimes yes oh my gosh they are and I love that you use the example of a promotion because that can be used across the board oh my gosh if I become wealthy am I going to be a snob or I'm going to be an asshole now. I'm going to be an <laughs> asshole. Oh, yeah. Am I, am I, <laughs> I'm going to be one of those. Or yeah. if I lose all this weight, oh my gosh, people are going to think that I'm, I'm just not going to fit in anymore with people. I'm not going to look the same. What's my face going to look like? And these are actual conversations that we all have in our head, but they're so unconscious that we don't realize it's happening. It's just little fleeting things here and there that are not really in our conscious awareness. It's a program running in the background that's keeping us from from making the change altogether. Yeah, that makes so much sense that like anxiety, sometimes anxiety is fueled by the fear of success. I'm curious because you work with anxiety a lot. Mm -hmm. What are like the top three to five reasons why people get into like this anxious state? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, I'll, I'll start by kind of doing a brief overview of anxiety because what we often see anxiety as is it's one thing and it's actually two separate mechanisms to anxiety. The first mechanism is the worry in the mind. I just call it worry in the mind. It, it makes it easier when we break it down. Um, and then the second mechanism is the alarm in the body. Now, the evil twin of this entire equation is the alarm in the body. 
I mean, worry in the minds is definitely an issue, but then when you start having all of those physical manifestations, the tightness in the chest, the sympathetic nervous system, fight or flight, freeze, appease, fawn, all the, all the things that we're doing, um, that's creating this state of stuckness too. the analysis paralysis that happens. And so a lot of times people are experiencing this anxiety because they have a fear. One of them is a fear, a root fear of, like you said, fear of success, fear of failure, fear of being alone. Like, what does this mean about me if this happens? So one of them is a fear, the what ifs, just questioning everything. What if that? Oh, what if this? What if that? What Mm -hmm. if this happens? And they're all stories. They're all stories that we're telling ourselves. All anxiety is anticipatory. I know that from a psychology standpoint that, you know, they label all of the diagnosis terms, but everything is anticipatory. We are anticipating everything in the future. That makes sense. And, and so when, when we scale it back and say what's happening in this moment right now, and your mind is being an overachiever <laughs> because it's over anticipating things. Um, then we're able to see it in a different light. I don't know. Did that help? I kind of trailed. I trail sometimes. No, no, and then that this, makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Now, the other reasons from a, a body standpoint is trauma. You know, if mm-hmm. someone's gone through a significant trauma, um, that's when you kind of get into PTSD as well or, um, or different types of traumatic things that have happened to us. It's that alarm in the body and the alarm in the body has gone up so much that it's just the mechanism is not slowing down. And that's when we come into, you know, regulating the nervous system through meditation, yoga, self-soothing practices, like psychosensory therapies, hypnotherapy, all of these cognitive behavioral therapy, that's when we're starting to slow the body, somatics starting to slow the body down. So the mechanism of that combined with, okay, now how can we pattern interrupt your thoughts and Mm. stop the what ifs from happening? Stop the, (laughs) what does this mean about me from happening? And so a big problem that we run into when it comes to people trying to quote battle their anxiety is they're only trying to attack one of the mechanisms. They're either only focusing on the thoughts or they're only focusing on the way the body feels. They're not combining it in a succinct way that we're like, okay, this is a framework and this is a process that we're going to follow. And then it kind of takes the edge off of, oh my gosh, this is just never going to go away. When it's a process of learning your body, learning your thoughts and building a better relationship with yourself. No, yeah, that's that's amazing. And I love that you segmented the two, both like the manifestation and the body and also the the thoughts. How do you focus on both though? Yeah. Because it's, I don't know, I feel like meditation is kind of for thoughts, yoga is for the body. Like what's kind of the, not the magic pill, but what should people be trying? Yeah. So that's a great question. So when it comes to usually the, I'll just kind of go with my process. I think everyone has a a different type of process. What I have seen works the best specifically with my clients is that we're combining them both together and kind of a therapeutic approach. So changing the pattern is with the mind and the thoughts. And so we start with what are your thoughts telling you? What is going on here? And we get to the bottom or the root cause of that. But for the sake of anyone who just wants some, I I call them like a quick win or something to start focusing on right away is we want to acknowledge the feeling. What is the feeling in the body? What is the feeling in your mind? And then being able to pattern interrupt. When I say pattern interrupt, I mean, what is that moment where your negative thinking starts to trail? Yeah. And then what can you do instead in that specific moment? And so there are a lot of different types of techniques, like for the body, for example, tapping, EFT tapping that combines both because you're focusing on the thoughts and you're focusing on certain energy centers in the body. Mm. yoga is combining for the mind and the body. And so 
what what usually happens is people are building a toolbox and you build a toolbox on what works best for me what works best for you may not work for joe smith up the road Mm -hmm. he may say that was complete garbage it didn't work for me i hated it (laughs) and that's happened for me for me and my clients before we're we're working through a a certain type of technique or anxiety relief technique and and they're like yeah this didn't work for me and i say cool that's great now we know that that Mm. didn't work for you but it may work for you in this particular situation or it may work for you here yeah. And so visualization, um, hypnotherapy and um, meditation, those are really helping change the process of the mind. And then also some practical tools as well. Conscious work of, OK, I'm going to tell my spouse I'm doing more positive thinking. Call me out and have like a keyword, have a specific word that, hey, tell me that <laughs> Tell me that I'm being a Sally or, you know, doing something that can help someone bring back to, okay, what am I supposed to be doing? Mm. Focusing on the positive. What is the most positive thing? Because the worried thoughts and the negativity then causes a thought cycle. The negative thought creates the alarm in the body and the alarm in the body creates the feeling and then it goes back. And so the loop can be interrupted anywhere in that cycle. It's just a matter of in that moment, what is the best process? I know that's a loaded answer. No, but self-autonomy is so important and we don't speak about it enough. So people like kind of, and this is something I've noticed, whether it's thought work or whether it's you know fitness people say oh keto is the best thing and then crossfit is the only thing but you know there's kickboxing there's yoga there's running there's all of these different tools that you can use when you're in a highly heightened state of anxiety maybe you grab yoga out of the tool book box when you're feeling like exactly. you've got a lot of energy and you've got long days maybe you grab running out of the toolbox and it sounds like you're saying something similar when it comes to the thought work it's like yoga is great but you know maybe yoga is not the tool at a different area of the thought thought cycle when you're finally getting close to releasing maybe you're doing visualization of what you'd like to do next and it makes total Mm -hmm. sense but Mm -hmm. I think people are trying to look for often and I've done this myself what's the one best thing that's going to help me when it's actually like try all the different tools and then figure out what you need at specific times. <laughs> I I love that you say that too, that you called that out. What's the best thing? Because I've fallen into that trap too. And this is, this is just like any type of lifestyle change. There's a, we're always going to have anxiety every now and then. Um, mm-hmm. I always say there's, well, there's two types of people who don't have anxiety, dead people and psychopaths. And everyone else at some (laughs) point in time are going to feel anxious. Like it's just the mind trying to protect you. And sometimes it goes a little, a little overkill. I mean, if we think about back in the day, who always stays alive? The most aware. Yeah. The person who's not being attacked by someone else or the person who is aware of their surroundings. The most aware person is the one who stays alive. It's mm-hmm. our mind is just trying to keep us alive. And so if we can talk our mind, dehypnotize ourselves that we are safe. We're safe where we are. Is the boss landing a stack of papers on your desk going to kill you? Or and I know it's easier said than <laughs> I'm oversimplifying it a little bit. But being able to step out and change the perspective of what's going on. And it's all perception of how we can really move forward in a succinct way that can help us bridge that connection and grab out of the toolbox, whatever it is. If we're treating our mental health like any other lifestyle change, sometimes it's going to be, what can I do to improve my mind even more? Mm. And it's okay. I mean, I have days where I wake up and I'm negative, like I'm, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. I don't know what happened. And I have to quickly pattern interrupt and say to myself, okay, what's actually going on here? I have to feel, I acknowledge and feel the feeling what's actually going on. And sometimes 
I have to take a little bit of time for that. Sometimes is what am I worried about right now? And I change it to worry because that can actually lead to a deeper response than mm. anxious. Yeah. Worry is easier to answer than anxious. What am I anxious? What am I worried to, to me and to clients that I've worked with? What, what's actually going on here? And it does take some, a little bit of time to pause and that's okay. And that's where the practical piece comes in too, where we have to slow down sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> your Society doesn't you're like, make it easy to though. Like I like know thinking about the person that like has a stack of papers on their desk. <laughs> on their job. And I love it how you're like, oh, oh yeah, you've got to um, kind of pause. I'm thinking the pause at the start of the day is easy. The pause at the end of the day is easy for me who has no kids. Probably if you've got kids waking you up, it's probably not easy, but um, I'm curious, like how do you train people to pattern interrupt being like so highly functioning at all times of the day? Well, and it's funny that you say that because the majority of people I work with are high functioning, anxious (laughs) individual. Well, and especially entrepreneurs, you know, any entrepreneurs that I, or anyone who's in like a, a, an executive role or, or any role like that. It's, it's funny because the, well, I know in America, at least the ability to slow down is very hard. And so when I say slow down, I mean, walk slower. <laughs> yes. Oh I don't goodness, mean stop. I'm terrible at that. Oh. <laughs> well, my man, he is like, yeah, he's always like, can you slow down, Laurie? Just like relaxing. <laughs> and I think a lot of the questions I ask is because I am that high functioning, like speed demon, just going so yeah. fast. So like, how do you actually slow down? <laughs> you know what? It's all intention. It's all the right when you wake up in the morning, it's the intention of today. I'm going to set the intention to walk a little bit slower, chew my food a little bit slower. And it doesn't mean you're stopping. You're still getting your work done. You're still and and maybe you're in a flow and you're being a speed demon while you're getting your work done. And that's great. And then you sip your water slower. (laughs) And so you're having these little moments throughout the day where you're listening to your body. Mm. And if you, because I know you're speaking specifically about someone who's got a lot on their plate and they're like, go, go, go. Yeah, this doesn't really seem reasonable. I, I'm not alluding to meditating an hour a day. I totally get it. <laughs> when it comes to, and I know mindfulness is kind of like an overused term, mm. but even taking a minute, I, I assign some of my clients two minutes per day. If they can't do two minutes, I take it down to one minute, one minute per day of breathing and just bringing your attention to your breath, bring your attention back to your breath. And so if you have a thought come in, just label it that as a thought, bring your attention back to your breath. If you have a feeling come in, that's just a feeling, bringing your attention back to your breath. I promise you that practice over time, even setting a timer for one minute per day, you can do it while you're on the toilet. I mean, (laughs) anywhere that you you feel works for you where you're not going to be interrupted that actually creates a space in your mind you are teaching the unconscious to bring your attention to the present moment and that is the key to releasing the anxiety in the mind is bringing your attention back so that's a when i say pattern interrupt i mean just taking that moment to and if a lot of thoughts come in that's okay Hey, Holistic Fitness fam, a quick message from one of our sponsors, Ned. As you all know, I recommend good nutrition, movement, and stress management practices before supplementing so you know what type of supplementation that your body actually needs. For me, I supplement with very few products, but Ned is one of them. I'm a type A, high-energy, ambitious business girly with massive goals, and sometimes I honestly just need to chill out and relax a bit. I've found that both Ned's de-stress and sleep blends fit in with my busy lifestyle and ambitious goals, but I was honestly not a big fan of CBD products before trying Ned, mostly because of the culture surrounding weed. I just didn't want something that was going to alter my state of mind so that I became much less of a goal-getter or less ambitious. That was until I learned about full-spectrum hemp and their benefits. Ned blends a chock full of premium CBD and a full spectrum hemp of active cannabinoids. Ned's full spectrum hemp oil nourishes the body's endocannabinoid system, 
to, uh, to offer functional support for stress, sleep, inflammation, and balance. These products are science-backed, nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. All of Ned's products are... All of Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil is extracted from USDA-certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Colorado. I'm obviously a big fan, but don't take just my word for it. Ned CBD products have over 2,000 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners in the medical field like Dr. Caroline Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole. Ned is providing Holistic Fitness podcast listeners a very special discount. If you'd like to give Ned a try, listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code Lori Lee. L-O-R-I-L-E-E. Thanks, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering a natural remedy to bring balance to so many people's well-being. I love the way that you said that that's the practice because it is a practice at the end of the day. I think with the mental stuff, we know that if we go into a gym, we're not going to be able to bench two plates straight away. Right. Yet we do a minute meditation and are upset that we are still thinking the whole time. And it's like, you can't bench 100 kilograms straight away. Why are you going to be able to have, and I've done the 10 day Vipassana when I was in India as well. And yeah. it was like, so hard to keep the mind, like you've got 10 oh, days yeah. of silence and it's still hard. So it's, it's one of those things that we do really need to give ourselves that grace and patience. And as you mentioned, just label it and let it move on. Oh, that's a thought. That's a feeling. Um, and, and just allowing ourselves to learn, um, yeah. which is really, yeah. and I think that's a reason a lot of people don't like meditation is because they feel they're not good at it, but what's really being good at meditation, yeah, you know, you know it's I, like, you can't get right, an A plus it, for it. <laughs> no, I, you're right. It's, it's funny because like your brain, well, I have thoughts. I'm like, great. You're, you're human. You're alive. Yeah. You have it's like, well done. That's what differentiates us from animals. We can yeah, even well think done. about our own thoughts. Yeah, exactly. But but having and you're exactly right. Having that judgment on yourself is creating more stress. It's mm. it's like, hey, cool. I had a terrible workout today. Awesome. Like, or I'm I didn't meditate very well, or I skipped altogether. You just get back at it tomorrow. It's a lifelong. All of these are you giving back to yourself to feel better and a lifelong practice. Mm, no, that makes total sense. Something I know that you work on that we haven't touched on yet is confidence. Um, we haven't d dived deep into confidence apart from chatting about Googling a bit. What does confident, like being confidently unique mean? Can you dive more into that? Yeah. So when we talk about conformity and mm. society, especially when it comes to business um, or uh, whether you are in corporate or whether you are a business owner, we have been taught over time. This is how you're supposed to market. This is how you're supposed to act. This is how you're supposed to be. This is how you're supposed to look. And what I've noticed over time working with a lot of clients is that they'll come to me and they feel like they're wrong. They feel like they're really different, especially from a social anxiety standpoint. I mean, that's huge when it comes to career and business, you're around people all day or you're mm -hmm. interacting with people all day. And so what we plan to do as someone comes in to work through something like this is really identifying what is unique about you can we call different unique can different be a positive thing and I always like to point out that the most successful people in the world are really really out there <laughs> yeah they are not quote normal they're not yeah. normal people and it's because that's what our world needs we need people to be different different than and when I say different I mean like you who you are being confidently unique is helping someone identify what their values are identify what their personality is their positive qualities their strengths and leaning into that even if it feels different than what other people are doing that is what helps you stand out ultimately mm -hmm. in the end 
what sort of questions would you ask yourself to try to understand your values, your personality traits and your strengths? Yep. So when it comes to values, uh, ask yourself, what's important to me about career? Mm. What's, what's important to me about relationships? What's important to me? Just different areas of life. Now, a value, when I talk about values, I mean like your emotions. Yeah. Some, pe- some people may say with career, well, success and um, passion and relationships. Ooh, I didn't know that one was in there. And, and as you're looking at your values, if you actually number out what's in, most important to you, you can actually take a look at your values and see, hmm, maybe, maybe this is why I'm not feeling fulfilled because yeah. my values aren't being met. Mm. And this is a whole other road, so I won't go too much down this, but sometimes our values are based on our baggage. <laughs> And so we usually that's a process that I'll help my clients identify and figure out after we're doing a lot of release work um, is to identify that. And when I'll give you a quick example from a values perspective is in my business, my top one of my top values was respect. Tell me that's (laughs) not baggage. (laughs) Yeah, it's not even on there anymore. I moved it down the list and now it's kindness. No, it's yeah, it sounds like respect is one of those things that is more from a place of conformity rather than from a place of like really being in your heart. Yep. You hit yeah, that makes exactly total sense. Right. Yeah. 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 So the to recap, to really find out your values, recommend just grab a piece of paper, get quiet for just a moment, say, you know, what's it, what's important to me about career and just mm-hmm. start listing it off. Now you may hit to number three and and hit a roadblock ask yourself again what's important to me about career and say it out loud keep going what's important to me about career keep going and you're it's okay to have five it's okay to have ten generally people have at least five on what's important some people may have love as number one in career and some people not may not have love in there at all depending on the type of career they're in um and and to identify strengths what I would recommend is if you don't know what your strengths are, go ask someone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> go to your friend or your coworker and just say, hey, I've got a really weird question, but whatever, who cares? Um, what am I good at? Yeah, what, what am I good at? Yes. Yeah. What are my strengths? I actually did this activity with a group one time for a workshop for a, a leadership group, and I had them all wear uh, wear like cut out notepads on their backs and people would write their strengths on their backs. And you know, the crazy thing, people would look at it at the very end and be like, Oh my gosh, I didn't know that people thought this about me. It's isn't that that nice. That's really, really nice. So it's wild though, that you don't, the exercise that helped me the most with discovering my purpose and what I'm really good at or what I enjoy was Mm -hmm. exactly that but also like asking my mom and dad what did I enjoy doing when I was a child Mm -hmm. and what was I always doing and it was always performing playing teacher making my brother be in a play with me and like (laughs) making up stuff and it's like oh you know what this influencer thing is all right for me because it's been what I've been doing before I was told to influence so but it it took because I I guess for this is a personal story I always had a bit of shame about putting myself out there and Mm -hmm. I only started a podcast this year even though chatting to people is my favorite thing to do and I think I had shame it's like oh other people are doing it there's a negative connotation about it the market's saturated and it took a lot of purpose and value work to make me realize Laurie you've always been performing you've always been on stage you love being on stage you love public speaking so just Mm -hmm own it just because other yeah. people oh. have this negative connotation of influences doesn't mean that's your reality I love that and I I lo- thank you for bringing up the childhood thing because if I work one-on-one with individuals and they come to me and say hey I need help finding my purpose I'm looking for a career path change the very first thing I do is called the childhood regression where we yes. go back to who were you so this this leads into your other question about being confidently unique who are you when you come into the world before the world happens to you? What are these natural (laughs) things that, because I mean, have you ever seen a toddler not confident? I mean, they're missing teeth for crying out loud. 
Yes. <laughs> they're so confident. <laughs> they're like, I look good. They're dancing off beat. They don't care. And then there comes a time, which again, we have to conform because we can't act like wild animals in school, right? Like we have to stand <laughs> in a straight line. We have, we have, so there, there are, there are certain things we have to do, but the child mind will take that and say, this is what this means about me. Mm. The teacher could just say, get in line. And a child could say, oh, I'm a bad kid. And that part of your psyche carries with you until you're an adult and then every event that is on that theme will stack upon that further diminishing your confidence. Mm. And it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's the, it's the mind, but we try to solve problems with the child mind. Yeah. Yeah. We need to be kind to kind to that child and kind to ourselves as adults. It's yes. uh, that childhood work is, I mean, we're coming to a close now. We're almost up yes. on the hour, but I'm sure we could chat for another hour about childhood probably work. yeah <laughs> probably that's actually so I mean I know we're closing out when it comes to confidence so that was a big question for you the the child the inner child work is the biggest piece that I do when it comes to building confidence with a person because the adult part of the psyche the adult reasoning mind there are parts of us that like no I'm good at this, or no, I'm pretty good at this, or I look good in this dress. or And so there are certain aspects that we, we kind of own. And mm. there's still that little tiny voice that comes up in all of us. That is that little girl or that little yeah. boy. And so I always love to work with that part of us to help lift up because that child needs some love. There's been, they've gone through a really long life. A lot of different experiences, a lot of setbacks, a lot of failures, trauma, those types of things. And being able to have the ability to connect with that part of you is gold right there. Yeah. And I'm sure that's so relatable to so many people listening because there often are those two voices. There's that logical voice that says, you need to do X, Y, and Z. We can do this. This is like how much time we have. But then there's the other part of us that wants to have a tantrum. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's okay to let her have a tantrum every now and then. <laughs> yeah, we all need a good tantrum from time we to time. We need a good tantrum. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I've yeah. really enjoyed chatting to you today, yeah. Shannon. And we do have a so. closing question on this podcast. Sure. That question okay. is, if you were sitting across the table from your 20-year-old self right now, what one sentence of advice or just one sentence would you say to her? Ooh, that is such a good Okay, if I was sitting out uh, in front of my 20-year-old self, thinking of myself in college at 20 years old. Hmm. I think I would just tell her that I love her. Yeah. And that it's okay to be her. Yeah. I would say it's okay to be you. Just embrace who you are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's for anyone else. It is okay to be you. I love that. That's yeah. such a good way to end because it is, we, yeah. It's okay to be multifaceted too. <laughs> you can be, you can be a hippie and a corporate girly in one. Be you. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yes. Do, because that perspective, you never know. That may be what people need. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love so. it. Now, I'm sure a lot of people want to learn more about your work. So, where can we all find you? Uh, best place to find me is probably Instagram that has everything on there. Uh, Shannon P at Shannon P Rollins, R-O-L-L-I-N-S. Perfect. Great. And those details will also be in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us today, Shannon. Thank you. And for everyone listening at home, doing the laundry, whatever you're up to today, maybe driving the car, eat well, move well, breathe well. And until next time, keep shining.